thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch, and we're back here again with my good brother and God's servant, Andy Irwin. And today we're going to be discussing uh, the concept of mentorship. Now, Andy, he just completed his doctorate regarding uh, mentor, and he wrote his his thesis on mentorship. And so he's a, he's a good person. He 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 understands the importance of, and he's teaching me the importance of 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 mentorship. And so the first thing that we need to to look at is the importance of of mentorship. Why, why do you think that uh, young preachers or just individuals in general, why do you think they need a mentor or need to undergo mentorship? Well, sure. Thank you, Houston. Thanks for having me. Um, well, you might think of it like this, you know, it's a, it's a great big world out there and we as Christians are called to live in it. We can't, we can't seclude ourselves to uh, some monastery or some compound on a mountain and be separate and away from everybody we're in the middle of it and living in the middle of this world we're to uh, live and to act upon this world through a set of core values now who is it that's going to instill those core values in us we've heard the old saying you know it takes a village to raise a child i think it takes a faithful church to raise a faithful christian and mamas and daddies need all the help that they can get as I say, it's a great big world out there, and our kids are going to get hit from every direction. That's where the church comes into play. It should. It must. You have, you have a need for positive Christian influences. Every life has this need, young or old. But specifically, as Christians, uh, we, we see a pattern for spiritual leadership in Scripture the Old Testament, the New Testament as well. And so what I deem a shepherd uh, mentoring model or the shepherd model of biblical leadership. And uh, we find it in the Old Testament primarily with God. God's the one who served as a shepherd. He didn't just set an example. Now, that was part of it. He set the example. But he actively uh, guided. You remember the the. Mm -hmm. 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, God actively guided Israel, guided his people. And so he guided them, he protected them, he nurtured them, he cared for them, he fed them, he taught them, you see. Uh, God acted as a shepherd to Israel in every way. And then in turn, he turns to his people and he says, now, you shepherd each other. You shepherd each other. And he had prophets in mind to take a pivotal leadership role in shepherding, mentoring. Think about Elijah and Elisha. That's mm -hmm. a good example of it. You might think about uh, Moses and Joshua as another example. Um, you think about uh, then when shepherds don't shepherd, and that's what is found in Ezekiel 34. 
it's an interesting passage of scripture. I, I want to take just a moment and mm-hmm. and go there and uh, and read for just a little bit from Ezekiel thirty four, because God now of course Ezekiel is writing while Israel is exiled in Babylon, and they're exiled because of their sins. Now Ezekiel is a follow up to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah tells us, well, look, the prophets prophesied falsely. The priests ruled by false means, and my people love to have it so. The priests were wicked. The prophets were wicked. The the princes were wicked. The people were wicked. That's an alliteration for you there. Four Ps. But it was a trickle-down apostasy all the way down to the people. And uh, God is taking note of this. He said, now you guys, you, you should have been shepherding one another, but you weren't. And it's not because you didn't have the means, and it's not because you didn't have the opportunity. It's because you didn't have the want to. You became selfish and greedy and self-centered and self-serving. And as a result, the people suffered. Well, what happens in the church today? When a congregation suffers from lack of mentorship, lack of leadership, is it not because the leaders have become self-serving? The people have become selfish? Now notice here in Ezekiel 34, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel, now notice this, who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Now this is a lesson that we'll preach to elders in the Lord's church today. It's a lesson that we'll preach to preachers in the Lord's church, and I think to to older members as well. We have a responsibility to feed the flock. Now, specifically, elders are charged, feed the flock, Acts 20, 28. But uh, listen, as a preacher, do I not have a responsibility uh, to younger preachers to encourage and to mentor them or to even my young folks at at West Fayetteville where I preach to be a mentor and a shepherd or uh, as such, metaphorically Mm -hmm. speaking, to guide, to nurture, to teach, you see, to care for them. And so... Notice verse 3, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves. You see that? It, it wasn't that there was a shortage of food. It wasn't that there was a shortage of cloth. It was just that it was being spent on themselves and not on uh, the, the people. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. Now, this would be what we might even call the directive model of leadership. You know, the old straw boss, the do as I say, not as I do, the uh, uh, the dictator kind of leader, obviously. And what was the result? Verse 5, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My Sheep wandered through all the mountains on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. And he lays down his judgment on Notice even verse verse, uh, 10, just to summarize there the last uh, verse of that little section. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I'm going to hold you accountable for the way you've treated my flock. So then what he says in verse 11, thus says the Lord God, indeed I myself will search 
for my sheep and seek them out. What's he saying? I'm going to take it into my own hand. And then when we continue reading just down through this chapter, you'll notice verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I myself would judge between the fat and the lean sheep. And then consider verse 23. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. Now, who is that? That's Jesus. And so in John 10, Jesus comes along and says, I'm the good shepherd. That's me. That's me. I'm the one that's coming uh, to sit on the throne of David. And notice verse 24. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. And so this is fulfilled in Christ. Now, what did Christ do? He, how did he mentor his apostles? He took, he selected 12 men. He brought them in close to him. He was with them every day. He fed them. You see, he, he nurtured them. He taught them. He cared for them. He guided them, instructed them. He instilled in them a set of core values. He said, and then he entrusted them with his ministry. So that's another thing with, with mentoring. What you're doing, you're preparing people so that you can entrust people with a greater purpose. You see, it's, it's, I'm, I'm spending this time with you and I'm investing this time and I'm preparing you because the mantle's going to fall to you. You're going to have to take this thing forward to the next generation. And look, how, how are we going to ensure 100 years from now that, that the Friendship Congregation is a sound congregation, that West Fayetteville is a sound congregation? How are we going to do that? Well, look, I'm not going to be around 100 years from now. All I can do is teach the kids. And teach them in such a way that when they're my age, they'll want to teach the kids. Like, like what Paul told Timothy. Exactly. These things, the faithful men, that they may be able to teach others. So, you, so that's what you have with the apostles. You have Peter. He goes and he does the same to Mark. When everybody gave up on Mark, Peter didn't, right? Barnabas didn't. Peter referred to him. He said, he's my son in the faith. And then Paul, who really didn't appreciate Mark leaving you know, on that first missionary journey, well, at the end of Mark's life, or at the end of his life, excuse me, in 2 Timothy 4, what does he say? Well, get, get Mark, bring him. He's mm-hmm. useful. He's useful to me for ministry. You know, these are the these are the things where, um, uh, you know, had it not been for a mentor, had it not been for somebody seeing a potential in Mark, like Barnabas, like Peter did, and mentoring him, who knows what would have become of him. You see, he may have fallen through the cracks. We just don't know. And so Paul, he takes Timothy. He takes Titus. Now, what's interesting there, we know Timothy was a young man because Paul says, let no man despise your youth. We never have that that kind of crystal clear statement about Titus. Titus may have been a few years older than Timothy. Um, but you still have a situation where regardless of age, here's a man who has to be, who's to be entrusted with this work and he has to be prepared before he can be entrusted. So what did Paul do with, with Titus and with Timothy? Well, he took them on his missionary journeys, and led by example, then he entrusted work to them. I'm going to go here while you stay there, and, and that sort of thing, you see. And that, to me, I, when I look at that, I say, okay, now that's, that's biblical mentoring. That's, that's the shepherd mentoring model, you know. Elders in the Lord's church, you can think of it like this. You can say, okay, I'm going to entrust this deacon with this job. And then I'm going to look over his shoulder and I'm going to micromanage everything he does. Well, then why do you have deacons? See, if you're going to micromanage mm-hmm. everything the man does, why'd you even appoint him to be a deacon? Yeah. You see, but if you want to prepare that man 
before you make him a deacon, then when by mentoring him, mm-hmm. then when you make him a deacon, then you can entrust him with the job. Yeah. Well, going along that thought, mm-hmm. one of the problems that we see in the Lord throughout the Lord's church or churches is that a lot of elders will appoint deacons to later become elders. Mm-hmm. They, they appoint them to that position, to that uh, servial role mm-hmm. for the mentorship rather than doing the mentorship prior to appointing them to, to the servial role. Well, that's that's true. And it's a lot of times this comes down to a matter of, uh, well, a matter of judgment. How do you think the best way to prepare a deacon? How do you think the best way to prepare future elders and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. What I'm simply pointing out to you is at some point, there's got to be some mentoring that takes place. There's got to be some preparing. Uh, before you're going to entrust a man, listen, if, if you want the man to succeed or woman to succeed in whatever we're talking about, prepare them. You know, look, uh, one of the things we do at West Fayetteville, um, my wife, she teaches Sunday school class. Well, uh, she will get, uh, on occasion, a young lady who wants to teach Sunday school. For instance, I have two teenage daughters and both of the, those girls could teach Melanie's Bible class for. Them. Now, how's that? How, how do we do that? Well, Melanie brought them in and it's brought them in for years and they've sat there and they've watched Melanie teach and then they've taught and Melanie is interested to them. And, and you see. Would, would, would it be an accurate statement to say that mentorship is, for for a big part of it, influence? Sure it is. Yeah, you're, well, we all have an influence, don't we? Mm-hmm. Now, you have the power to decide what kind of influence you want to have. Do you want to be a positive influence? Do you want to be a negative influence? Um, you have a choice as to make as to the kind of person you're going to be. And we all do. And so... To be an effective mentor in the Lord's church, you're making a decision that I'm going to have a positive influence in the life of this individual. I'm going to take time. I'm going to spend time with them. I may even sacrifice uh, time or means or whatever it may be uh, to see to their preparation because I have in mind and entrusting them with with greater opportunity and greater service. Uh, An older Preacher takes a younger preacher under his wing. What does he do? Well, I mean, he might uh, know of uh, sermon books or debate books or things like that. Look, I had a I had an older preacher one time. He took me uh, to a bookstore with him, and we were walking through that bookstore. He said, "Do you have this book?" Well, no, I don't. Well, you've got it now. Before we left there that day, he spent over three hundred dollars on books for me. And uh, you know, he's a man. His numbers in my phone to this day. You know. And uh, call him, and I lean upon him for wisdom and guidance. But he's proven himself to me that I can. You see, um, that's that's mentoring. You know, can I? I may not call him every day, but when I call him, he's there. You see, and that's the. You think about it. I mean, what are we if we're not in a relationship with each other? What are we if we're not a family? And. This is this is something that the thought of relationship. What kind what kind of relationship do you have with God if you have not one with His people? And and if you if you have have ever been mentored by someone else, you're going to want to mentor 
the next generation. Somewhere there is a breakdown in our in in our lives where, um, well, you take for instance the you know maybe the elder who doesn't mentor whatever he's a you know he's a straw boss he's a he's a real uh, foreman on the assembly line kind of guy. Okay, well, there's a guy who's probably never been mentored, or if he was, he didn't appreciate. You see. So how do we how do we correct this? How do we fix this? And you know the only the only way that I know to correct it is is with me. It's to start now. Yeah. You see. Yeah. Well, and talking about that being influenced, one of the things that sparked in my mind is that every, everybody's going to find an influence somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somebody individuals are going to be influenced one way or another. A young preacher is going to be influenced. A young mm-hmm. Christian is going to be influenced or who, yeah. whoever it may be. It, it, They're going to be influenced. And so it, it, it should be a responsibility uh, to, to, to be the sure. positive, the good influence on the on well, particular individual. Let's face it, Houston, you're not going to find encouragement to live a faithful Christian life out there in the world. You're not. Now you might find encouragement to be a, I don't know, a good neighbor or good employer, employee or employer, uh, whatever have you, you know, uh, upstanding citizen, law-abiding citizen, that kind of thing. You might find influence out there to, you know, to pay your taxes on time or whatever. And, but to be a Christian and to live the Christian life, to have that relationship with God, you're not going to find it from people who don't have that relationship mm-hmm. with God. You're going to find it from people who do have it, mm-hmm. you see. And that's, that's what it boils down to. And, and it's not just a situation where this is, you know, this is something that where God is saying, okay, you elders or you preachers, but you go to Titus two and you read verses one through eight. He takes a look at the young men and the old men in that relationship. And he says, okay, older men, you, you've got some teaching to do. You've got some mentoring to do. He takes a look at the young women and the older women. He says, okay, older ladies, you've got some mentoring to do. And there's some things that are going to teach them how to love their husbands. What? Really? A woman needs to be taught how to, you better believe it. There's some ladies out here who don't know how to love their husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just tell. Uh, some men don't know how to love their wives. Mm-hmm. Well, where are you going to learn how to become a godly Christian husband, if not from your men in the church mm-hmm. who take you under their way? Yeah. Well, you, you have you have a lot of individuals, well, like in my case, where they did not come from a, from a, from a Christian right. home. And then once they're finally... Um, in a in a Christian or you know in a Christian position, yeah. they they become a Christian. Uh, they they don't know what exactly to do. They don't know what that looks like. Yeah, that's a perfect example, uh, Houston. Let's say you got a young man. He's not come from a Christian home. Well, who's going to teach him how to be a Christian father, a Christian husband? See, if not his brothers in Christ, who's going to teach him? Think he's going to learn that from the world? And so again, this is where we. We've got to understand, and, and I th- the importance of it all. Um, the world in the shape that the world is in now, you know. It, listen, you look at it, and you say, "Okay, here we are. How do we get in this shape? Why? How is it we don't love each other, and we don't love like we should our fellow man? Well, we don't love God. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." Second, like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You're never going to love your neighbor as yourself until you love God, right? All right, now what did John say, First John, about loving your brother? Now, if you hate your brother, you can't say you love the Lord, right? 
you love the, your brother, you're going to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. If you love your Lord, you're going to love your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it we don't love our brother like we should? Well, could it be the same? We don't love God like we should. Yeah, we've, we've got a couple of minutes left. Sure. And I wanted to, to for, for you to mention some, some of the things that, that, that a mentor should do or will do for a young preacher. And, and I think you've already mentioned one of them is that just, just be there. First mm-hmm. of all, I mean, you've got to be involved in, in, in the individual's life. Yeah. That you're mentoring, the mentee's life. Well, again, okay. Um, you know, just to kind of circle back around, tie all this together. Um, if I want to be a mentor to you, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to first get Andy in order, right? How can mm-hmm. I teach another until I first be taught, you see? So I've got to straighten Andy out, okay? I realize the importance of it. I realize the place of it. I realize the importance of the kingdom. I love the Lord. I love the church. I love his word. I want that to continue to be taught. Okay. All right. So I see this young man. I see Houston. He's got all this potential. So I want to help Houston. How do I do that? Well, I'm not going to do it if if I never see you. If I never talk, your name's in that phone too, you see. Mm. Now, not going to do it if I never see you, if I never talk to you, if I don't have any active, or am I going to be an active participant in your life? You see? And, and that's the kind of thing now, on the other hand, okay. See, I can, I can have all this desire to be part of your life and to influence and encourage and help you and strengthen you. I can spend all my time studying and learning and growing. It's okay. I've got all this wisdom I want to impart. Well, if, if, you follow my my number's got to be in your phone too. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah, and and I do think I do think one of the traps that a young preacher falls into is maybe maybe getting a little bit too prideful and thinking that well I, I learned really everything that I needed to know while I was in school or or or, or before I got there exactly. And once I'm out, while I'm ready to go, mm-hmm. and then a couple of years down the road, you realize that it's not it's not going the way you had thought yeah, and, it, and you yeah. wish that you would have had a little bit of help along the way yeah there's got to be humility okay mm-hmm. on the part listen humility on the part of the mentor and the mentee okay i'm humbled to realize okay look you know i i've got to be a servant okay and i've got to have that humble servant's heart to be an effective mentor mm-hmm. but the mentee has got to say okay i've got to be humble to receive with meekness see Receive with meekness the teaching, the wisdom, the instruction, the advice. Um, okay, I go to the bookstore with this preacher. Andy, do you have this book? No, I don't have that book. Well, you got it now. Well, I don't want that. Why would I want that book? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you got to have I mean, this good book. This got a lot of material in it. You can do a lot of printing. Nah. No, the date on that book says uh, 1944. I don't. That's. That's ancient news to me. You see, mm-hmm. well, what, what would that man say? Well, okay. All right. You know, well, you just pick out whatever you want, you know, and he probably wouldn't have bought a book for me, you see. <laughs> but because I was willing to say, well, you really, you've read that? You've, you've learned from that? You, that? That book has helped you? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, then I want it too. There's got to be, and that's, you know, that's a, an, op- a, an example, but there's got to be some humility on the part of the person receiving the instruction to say, look, I don't know it all. There's an old saying, he who has learned that he needs to learn more has already learned what he needs to learn most. Mm-hmm. We, we're all in this learning process, every one of us. And, uh, you know, and, and we all need some help along the way. 
because let's face it, none of us has it figured out, do we? And uh, there's always going to be things where uh, something comes up where, yeah, we we need uh, maybe a shoulder to cry on. Maybe we need some advice. Maybe we need some guidance. Uh, and that's where mentoring comes in. And you know, it it is it, it what we're dealing with. What we're talking about is this relationship that exists in the body of Christ, especially between what we might say are older, mature uh, Christians and those that are new to the faith. The younger Christians are stronger and weaker, or vice versa. Because I'm tell you, sometimes a, a weaker Christian can teach you a lesson too. Mm-hmm. And if you're not humble enough to receive it, it'll go right back. Yeah. Well, we're, we're out of time today. We appreciate you if you if you've stayed with us to the close of it. If, if this has helped you at all, please recommend it to anybody you, you think might that it might help them and uh also be be a mentor or be willing to be a mentee uh take take some advice when whenever whenever you need it um we appreciate you if you're listening to us uh through through whatever podcast it may be please be sure to to rate and review and also if you're listening to us through facebook be sure to like and share and go check out the scattered abroad network page and like and share it as well we appreciate you and have a good day Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.